Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had the pleasure of speaking with my colleague and friend, Yvette Sims. And Yvette is a nurse practitioner. She's local to me here in Rockland County, and she specializes in women's health. So we had a great conversation talking about how stress affects our bodies, how stress affects our hormones, and how this can relate to our day-to-day lives and, and our ability to lose weight or not. She talked about some systems that we want to pay attention to and that stress can come from multiple different places. It can come from obviously stress in your life, right? External stress, but it can also come from internal stuff as well. So we go into that and we talk about how women don't feel heard in our medical system and what can we do to change that? How can that change? And what can you do as an individual to seek out care where you are listened to, where you are heard and respected? That's so important. I want that for you. So uh, anyway, this is just an awesome episode. You're going to learn about stress, how it works in the body, and so much more. Enjoy. Hello, Yvette, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really sure. excited I'm, to be here. I'm super excited too. And I will, in full disclosure, say to the world that you are one of my healthcare providers and I appreciate all that you do, the care that you give. And uh, so happy I found you locally for me, for my own health, you know, checkups and stuff like that. It's been great. Yeah, that's my whole purpose, I feel like, is to create these relationships. And the relationships yeah. that I have with you is that I learn so much from you, too. So I feel like you are my healthcare provider in a way also is because we have this like-minded approach to wellness. Yeah, totally. I know that that's so exciting. And to find a practitioner, you know, someone who can like write prescriptions and like do exams on me and stuff that is on the same page is like my wildest dreams. I didn't think I was going to find that in in Rockland County. So it's awesome. So we're going to talk today about a lot of things, but I want to start off. uh, You said that so often women are not being heard in the medical care system. I think any woman listening can be like, yeah, I think I think I can relate to that. But let's talk about that. What what have you seen in your experience being in the medical system around that? So I think that um, after COVID, you know, everything's changed. But the way that healthcare kind of spiraled out of control, that is all of these private practices that we can practice however we want behind closed doors have been taken over by um, the business model. And the business model is productivity. And Mm. basically the way that the healthcare, you know, the allopathic healthcare model is working is, is that it is quantity, not quality. And when you are, I am a woman's healthcare provider and I work in a very, very busy clinic. And basically I have a patient every 15 minutes and in 15 minutes, we know women, right? Like you are not (laughs) even tipping the iceberg of, hi, how are you feeling today? And most providers can't even create these relationships with their patients and especially women because women really just need to be seen and heard. And when you are not feeling well and you're not feeling right in your body, we're in tune. We're intuitive, you know, creatures and we know that something is wrong. And for the provider not to hear that, oh no, you're fine. Oh, it's just menopause. Oh, you know, your blood work looks great. Don't worry about it. It's just stress. You know, that really... (sighs) makes a woman feel like 
you did not hear a word I just said. So my goal is when I'm in a room with a person is to really listen. And I think that is what is missing in healthcare because the intention of the visit is not to listen, is to really, okay, are you sick or not sick? Okay, you're not sick. So, you know, we're going to check the box and I'm going to just do my exam and chalk it up and go on to the next patient. Yeah. You know, and that quality of care is is completely lost. Yeah, and I spoke to somebody else on this uh, podcast. She is a um she's actually a cardiologist. But she really has branched out into advocacy work because the system is designed for profit like you said and then doctors who and you know nurse practitioners and PAs and nurses, you know, so many people went into this profession to to heal and to help people and to listen, right? And so when you are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, like this is your job, you rely on this income. And if you're basically, your system has been taken over by some big corporation and they're like, no, you know, you can't do that. What are you supposed to do? So I think it's very easy to blame the doctors and blame the practitioners, but it's it's really for, I think most of practitioners are, would love to have more time. Mm-hmm. So um, it's such a, it's such a terrible problem. So what can we do? <laughs> yeah. You what can we save do? the world today. Save the you world know, for us, please. <laughs> I actually um, did this, you know, I'm a nurse and I really do feel that my purpose on the, this earth is to be a nurse. I, I was born to care. And, you know, there's all these nursing theorists. And when I was in California, I did um, a program. Her name's Jean Watson and she's the science. She's She created this theory about the science of caring. And I'm just going to read this quote because this is how I want to change. And it says, maybe this one moment with this one person is the very reason we're here on earth at this time. And that's Jean Watson. And I feel that Mm. I really try, even if I have 15 minutes with a person, I really try to be present in that moment because there is so many other things that are going on, you know, and we have to write notes and, you know, there's phone calls and all of this. But as a human, you can't handle all of these stressors coming in for the outside when you're dealing with people, you know? So I really try to be present. And I think that's, hopefully can be weaved into medical training again, not only to nurses, but to doctors and really see that what is your intent of being here? It's not making money anymore because, you know, doctors aren't millionaires anymore. They're making a paycheck just like everybody else. But Mm -hmm. the intent is really to heal. And if that's your intent, then your intent is to be present in that present moment and really listen to the person. So that's my vision. Mm. is to get this science of caring back into medical education. Wow, that's beautiful. I never really thought about it that way because my mind goes to, okay, corporations are basically taking over the world and what can we as individuals do? So that's a very empowering thought, right? That a, a practitioner can say, okay, even if within the confines of what I have, I can just be present and, and mm-hmm. remember my purpose and my passion, why I'm here. That's, that makes me feel better. <laughs> it's hard. Believe me. Oh my God. It's so difficult to do that because yeah. that's my practice as a, as a human. And I don't think many people 
<laughs> I yeah. don't know. We want to surround ourselves. That's why I like to surround myself by people like you is, is that that's our intent too, is to really, yeah. how can we be the best that we can be? And it really is only in, in, in the moment, right? With that being said, <laughs> it's, I can't do that on a full-time basis because you mm-hmm. can't, or at least I'm not there yet, that mm-hmm. I can regroup every 15 minutes, regroup every yeah. day, five days a week, nine to five, you know, that just doesn't, doesn't work. So right. I think my, to, for me to be aligned in what I do, I have to do that less. You know, I have like, there's the full-time job is no longer 40 hours a week for me. The full-time yeah. job is now 30 and hopefully then 20, because then I'll have time to work on myself so right. I can be present in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it almost reminds me of like teachers. I think, you know, 150, 200 years ago, teachers were revered. I think in a lot of cultures and now it's like, oh, you know, teachers are just part of the system. They're just another, mm-hmm. you know, thing that's there, a resource that's there for, for the system to operate. And maybe that's happening in healthcare as well is that, mm-hmm. you know, it's no longer that you are revered and, and, and what comes with that, what comes with the, the reverence is respect. And say, mm-hmm. if the doctor says, you know, I, I can only take 20 patients a week because I need to be present and I need to spend time and I need to listen. That whole system is just gone now because if it's all about productivity in the bottom line, then the doctor is no longer a healer. The doctor or the, or the practitioner is, is now just a resource. Right. We're providers, providers right. of healthcare, right? So that's yes. what I am. I'm a mid-level provider and that's what the corporation looks at and that's the respect that you get. I just think that capitalistic society, when it comes to giving and humanity, cannot be productivity. It cannot be based on productivity. It has to be based on maybe outcome, you know, maybe how you come to me and you get a little questionnaire to say, like, what was the outcome of this visit? You know, do I feel healed? Do I feel that I was taken care of? And because the patient no longer, the patient's just... um, a, a resource, right? To get the money right. in. More patients, yeah. more patients, more patients. Right. So providers and patients are all just um, a way to be profitable. And it, it reminds me, I've, I've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about um, the feminine approach to productivity or efficiency mm-hmm. or work or, you know, whatever it is versus the masculine. And everything, you know, maybe it used to be more feminine, right? But now everything because of that corporate bottom line, like we need to have data on this stuff. We need to quantify it. And, you know, if the numbers aren't right, then we have to shift things. Whereas the the, the feminine model is perhaps not as quantifiable. You know, maybe we can't quantify that thing that, that says care, this was excellent care. And so bringing in more of that feminine into the system, I think, is going to be necessary or maybe bringing it back in. I don't I don't know. I don't know all the history of care in this country. But I think if we you know, because what you're suggesting to me sounds like a corporate person's mind would explode. Well, what do you mean? We just we do. What do we give them a questionnaire? Like, how do we you know, there's no way to quantify that. And uh, although you could quantify questionnaires, if of course, you, you know, you could, of course. but the idea that it's more of a feeling is just not, 
you know, in the system. And, and what I see now is a lot, many people who've been on this podcast are now concierge doctors, right? They, they're right. just stepping out of the system and they're saying, hey, you know, those patients who can afford to pay me are going to pay me 1200 or 1500 or two, five, three, th- whatever it is, thousands of dollars a year. And I'm their doctor and they can spend an hour and a half with me whenever they want. And that's fantastic, right? I mean, if you can build a business that way, all the more power to you. However, as most things in our society, people who can't afford it are going to just get stuck in that system. And who knows, five, 10 years from now, it's not going to be 15 minutes, it's going to be five minutes. Right. The system has to change. And I love your idea of, of really educating doctors. But like you said, it's not a sustainable model. No, no. And I do believe now, you know, I have one, I always like vision myself in this bird cage and I have like one wing out, one wing in. But because <sighs> I work in a woman's healthcare clinic, you know, for teenage girls who are like, it's like a Planned Parenthood in Rockland County. You know, yeah. we, we accept all insurances, um, you know, Medicaid, all of that stuff. And I can give access to birth control and access mm-hmm. to education about sexually transmitted diseases and access to prenatal visits to people who can't afford any healthcare. So I would love to like envision a hybrid, you know, yeah. model. And that maybe is like everybody deserves a base of healthcare. And yeah. then people who want to focus on their health, right? Because it takes the person to heal wants to heal, right? Yeah. And listen and understand and dive in to understand what's going on in your body. Because I don't heal anybody. Doctors don't heal anybody. Right. <laughs> People heal themselves. And I feel like yeah. holding space or uh, giving the knowledge and education and ruling out, you know, bad things, guiding and being the advocate for the patient is truly mm-hmm. what a, a healthcare provider should be. That yeah. is a patient advocate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because the yeah, patient yeah. heals. You heal yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I agreed a hundred percent. I I actually just did a podcast, uh, a solo one about that, about how it's all an internal job. You can you can get that inspiration, and sometimes, honestly, having someone listening to you is a step in that healing process. Just Correct. being heard, Correct. you know, the right, like you said, that one person can change your life. So that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. We we I want to honor that, but at the same time. That desire, that commitment that has to come from inside the work, the day to day practice of, you know, eating different foods and getting in bed on time and meditating like that's doctors not going to come and do that for you (laughs) Um, or the nutritionist or the practitioner, you know, so I agree 100 percent. Now, I want to talk a little bit about hormones. Mm-hmm. because, you know, and this has been something I've, it seems like it's coming up a lot lately for me. I'm actually in the process of creating a program to help women with hormonal stuff, really just menopause, perimenopause, menopause. We're not um, going to the puberty type stuff. But we had someone on the podcast last week who was like, people are suffering needlessly. Women are suffering needlessly. And I agree. And I know you you agree with that. So let's talk a little bit. You mentioned something about the HPA access and stress. Mm-hmm. And and because I said, oh yeah, let's talk about hormones. And, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I'm you just had a birthday. I'm 52. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're of of a certain age. And I feel like for me, it's been a smooth transition. And I, I believe that it can be a smooth transition for the vast majority of people. But you said something that is very important. You said, but that has to be, you can't be in this chronic stress state 
and expect for your hormone, you know, to just sail through menopause. So if you could talk about what the HPA access is and how that, you know, how that relates to stress and, and even if you could take it to where, how that relates to our hormones. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a total 100%. order, I know, but <laughs> yeah, this is, this is my passion actually. And I really like to geek out about this a lot. You know, um, those are the podcasts I listen to is, uh, okay, how do we balance our HPA access? So H is called your hypothalamus, right? Your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. So HPA. And our endocrine system is pretty complex. And they are in school. I'm like, I, the endocrine system I'm going to shun away from because it's all about these loops. And if one is high, one, but basically the pituitary is in the base of our brain, right? So our brain is connected to our heart, is connected to our gut, is connected to our excretion and kidneys and all of that. And if those are not aligned and functioning, you know, then our whole system is off. And I really do believe they used to call it adrenal burnout or adrenal fatigue. But I want to say nah, 75% of women who are going through menopause have adrenal fatigue because we're women. And all of our lives, we've been taking care of others and multitasking. And we live in a world of this flight or fright. And where I believe women are higher beings, so we could handle a lot more. So our internal HPA access is already off, you know, just being a woman. But what happens in menopause when our hormonal, like sex hormones, our ovaries and our progesterone, when our ovaries stop producing the hormones, the adrenal glands take over. So it is the foundation of our hormone balance. So what happens in the HPA access is, is that stress comes in um, it's our alarm system. Let's just, you know, that's an easy way to put it. So it's our alarm system. Uh, a trigger comes in. It can be a normal everyday stressor of that you're going to be late for work. You know, it comes into your brain as like, ooh, ooh, you know, trigger. And then all of a sudden it releases a lot of hormones, you know, to your body to say, I have to prepare, get the energy going to deal with this stress coming in. So that alarm system goes off. But then it travels and it travels to hypo, your pituitary, your hypothalamus, which is your greater thinking, right? To be like, okay, is this really a threat? It, you know, does my body really need to? And that's, you know, the whole rule of like, it takes 90 seconds for your emotion to kind of like, so from the hypothalamus, it goes, I mean, for, I get confused. Uh, HP, yeah, hypothalamus to pituitary, and then does my body need to release all these chemicals to get my, you know, us ready for a stressful event? And cortisol is the main factor, right? So cortisol is excreted through your adrenal glands, and then it goes to every cell in our body, and it almost works like their circadian rhythm. You know, a normal flow is, is like when you wake up in the morning the lights come on, your, your adrenal glands get, you know, revved up and your cortisol goes up to get you ready for the day. Usually around three o'clock, everybody feels that low of like, okay, I need my three o'clock coffee. That's when the cortisol kind of takes its natural dip to get you ready to prepare for bedtime. And the bedtime, it should be nice and flat, you know, so you're ready for bedtime. So that is what a normal HPA access, it revs up, it comes, you know, and it comes down. 
So what happens is when we, our body is under any kind of stress, it could be an external stress. And I think in our, you know, midlife, our hormones are, are changing just because that is the normal aging process. That could be a hit to your system or it can't be a hit. And it can be this, you can develop a resiliency, as I like to call for when the stress comes in. And that's how we can help that HPA, you know, function better is, is that you get a hit, but now your body knows that, okay, this is not a true stressor and it becomes resilient and reboots in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, no, it's kind of was... complicated to explain. I I like to have like my little, you know, um, graphs. Graph. Yeah, some yeah. kind of visuals. Yeah. Exactly. But I, you know, I think you did a good, I think that was really actually easily understood and, and that, you know, that stress comes in into your brain that's kind of mediating all of that. And then the cortisol is produced and it hits every cell in your body. So I think that's important for people to hear again, because uh, stress effect can affect any system in your body. I, I actually knew this woman who went blind before she got married. She was, she was in her 20s and she just literally went blind. She couldn't see for the week before her marriage. Turns out she married a man who was, who was abusive, emotionally and physically abusive to her. And, and somehow she knew that. I think we know some, you know, know, a lot of times. So that's like, I I think it's, you know, sometimes we think of things like that as being woo woo or impossible or, you know, supernatural, but it's really our internal knowing. And then that system responds. It's not woo woo at all. Uh, It's very chemical, electrical stuff that's going on here. And the stress, I like how you said, you know, what we want to try to do during this period is to is to teach the body to respond differently to stress Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. opposed to saying, well, you know, you got to get rid of all your stress, which is obviously, you know, not possible. Impossible. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So like I'm thinking of you and your, in your meetings, you know, 15 minute (laughs) sessions all day long, like either you quit your job or you learn how to cope with stress. right? Right. Like, but I think, you know, you also have this vision of like, because you are managing your stress and you are, you are doing this stress management stuff. I think you were able to envision, oh, well, there's a world where I can just do 30 hours instead of 40 and maybe 20 instead of 30. Because when you calm yourself down, your creative thinking opens up, your possibility opens up for you. Uh, So it seems so stuck when you're in that stress state. Right. I know we only have a few minutes left, but I would love to hear about, you mentioned something about SOS. Yeah. What's that? So there's a program that Life Matrix, Life Matrix um, came up with a program. It's a stress relief program. And basically, I'll try to talk quickly about it. What it comes down to is, is that we all have four different pillars of stress, right? One of them, which is your, I'm sure your expertise is your glycemic index because cortisol and glucose have a hand in hand. Cortisol, you know, those are the two things that I think that make women hold on to their weight is cortisol and glucose. So having a glucose, not perfect glucose control is a major stressor on your body. So that's one pillar. The other pillar is, of course, our external factors, our life, our, you know, the way our relationships, the way that we handle these external, you know, COVID, all of this stuff. So that's pillar number two. Number three is sleep disturbances. So I really do think when you go through these changes of menopause, women who sleep at night feel so much better and are able to be more resilient to the the stuff that's going on in their body and outside if they have a good night's sleep. 
So sleep is the third one. And then the fourth one is inflammatory. And it always comes back to the gut. So the gut is where, you know, and that's where I think that if we can target what is the major stressor that is affecting this HPA access in your body, then we can focus on helping that stressor. And then that kind of helps your resiliency to the stress of menopause and changes because there are changes, you know, change is stressful. But if we view menopause, like we can come around to the beginning as that this is just a transformational period of time, right? And, you know, Christina Northrup, which is like the first book I ever read, is, is like, this is a menomorphosis <laughs> into <laughs> the next, or we're, we're taking the menopause, you know, yeah, to get yeah. in and this pause to get into the next stage of life. There is going to be some turmoil, but I would love to help women help their HPA access so they can deal with turmoil in a more peaceful way because you don't have to, it doesn't have to be so dramatic. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's very powerful. So glucose, external stress, sleep, and inflammation are our major stressors that are coming at all of us. So, you know, a, maybe somebody doesn't have a lot in all of those areas, but at least paying attention and home, maybe someone is just, everything's going great with their sugar and their inflammation, but they're not sleeping. So I like systems, you know, like yes. process, like step yes. one, do this, step two, do that, you know, so this is great. Well, that's where the medical world comes in because it's like, okay, what is our plan, right? Because yes, life coaches and nutritionists and, and, and doctors, everybody can know what your plan is. But I feel like the only way that change can happen is, is if you have actionable things to do. So, you know, actionable managing your glucose, you know, throughout the day is something that you can focus on. You know, you, you can tell when you look at a person, what's their number one stress, right? Like people who have autoimmune disease, I would focus definitely on the inflammatory process first, because then you can't balance anybody's hormones and your hormones will never be balanced if you don't get these, you know, pillars of stress in order. And I would add one, actually, if I'm allowed oh, to yes, add to good. the system. I like it. Five pillars of stress. <laughs> yeah, the five, I would say internal, like your thoughts. Yeah. Your, your, you know, those habitual thoughts or those emotions that you've gotten so habituated to. So I think yeah. that's a big one because I was thinking about like the woman who's, you know, sleeping okay and, you know, she's eating her well and she's exercising and her life isn't that stressed out. She's pretty healthy, but she's completely inside of her head going, I'm not good enough. I have to work harder. I have to lose those extra five mm -hmm. pounds. You know, I have to be everything to everybody. And that's all coming from these thoughts that are like, no, Correct. you can change those. So um, Yvette, we're going to, we're going to um, modify this system a little bit and improve okay. upon it a little bit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We just have to come up, you know, we, now we have to come up with like, okay, how do you change that thought? Right. And it is meditation. Yes. So yes. how do we change that thought and just incorporate this in the plan of care instead of giving a prescription and say, here's your Prozac and have a good day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of that when you said, you know, women go in and they're not being heard. A lot of that is, oh, well, here's an antidepressant for you, mm -hmm. or here's a sleep aid for you. And mm -hmm. it's like, that's not getting to the root cause of it. it sometimes those things are needed, but they're not, Correct. As a they're, they're not addressing boost. the root. Yeah. To, to kind of get the person over, but you know, it's not addressing the root cause like ever. 
you know, I, I don't I don't think. And I mean, I'm sure there are rare cases, but they're band-aids. They're band-aids. Yeah. And you know what? I really do believe in our healthcare system because when somebody is really sick and, you know, it is a sick care system. It is based. Yeah. Our system is really good right now on sick care. It yeah. is not good on well care. And I think that as a provider, as a caring you know, professional, I want to focus on well care because that's what's going to make our humans healthy, not getting rid of sickness. It's primary prevention. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So do you have just a moment? I know you have to go to work, (laughs) but tell me, do you have a moment to just talk about what are you doing work on the side? Like, are you doing consults outside of that system? Yeah, that's my little wing outside of the cage, um, is that I do want to listen to women and I we really hear it in, you know, the non-sustainable model. And I want to have a model that women are heard. So I am doing, I want to say an advocate, but I am a consultant for hormone um, balance. I have a private practice that I am seeing women mostly via video visits. There's all great testing out there called the Dutch test. So we can check your HPA access. There's other blood work that I can order and we can really work to find out what the root cause is and help you go through the changes and menopause and perimenopause smoothly because yes, you don't have to suffer. And there's so many tools in the tool belt that I have to help you go through this transition, but it does take a commitment and it does take time. So I'm trying to do a, like a three to six month commitment to help women balance the hormones from a functional perspective. And I'm so happy that I have you now as a, you know, as a collaborator, because I feel like together, you know, because you handle the inflammatory part of it, you handle the glycemic, and now you can handle the thoughts, you know, as well, too. And we all need like minded practitioners out there who can help guide women. Wouldn't that be great? Like we have this tribe of women who are going through the changes. That's how we get the femininity back into healthcare is, is that we create a tribe because women heal together. So that's the goal, you know, is to create this tribe of helping women get through the changes. All right, let's do it, Yvette. Let's do it. I'm on board with you. It will help me too. You know, it helps me heal as well too. I'm right there in it, deeply in it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, great. Well, I know you have to run. Thank you so much. Uh, I really, really appreciate this. And maybe come on again, and we can get more into these hormones, talk about estrogen, you know, the specifics, hormones and stuff. Thank you so much, Yvette. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Jill, for having me. It was a pleasure. So thank you so much for listening to that episode with Yvette. And uh, you can learn more about Yvette at her website, Yvette Sims FNP, which is Family Nurse Practitioner, FNP. In addition to working at a clinic, she also has her own practice, private practice, which is Women's Optimal Wellness. And so she helps, she consults basically, and provides you with a healing space where you can uh, address these issues, right? Around hormones, around overall health, and just really being the best that you can be, being aligned, 
internally, externally, all that good stuff. I mean, you listen to the episode, you know how cool and awesome she is. And we we are just so much on the same page. I love uh, talking to a vet and uh, she is my healthcare provider. So, um, you know, I'm so happy to have found someone local who I'm on the same page with. She also works virtually as well. So you don't have to be local to connect with her. So thanks for that. And also, please do check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N for With Your Nature Weight Loss. So we help women lose weight in a healthy, sustainable way. But we also help with hormonal balancing and, you know, sailing through menopause. And we also have a program that is basically higher health creates high level of performance. So really focusing on all of the things that we talk about, right? Like stress management and sleep and nutrition and fitness and mindset, relaxation, all of that to optimize your functioning in the world, to optimize how you feel moving through the world. I I like to say to help you move through the world with confidence and ease. Those are two of my favorite words, confidence and ease. And and you do that. You move through the world with confidence and ease by taking care of yourself, by prioritizing your self-care, your needs, prioritizing your um, internal world and, and bringing it to a place where you feel good. Because if you want to go out there and accomplish things in the world creatively, professionally, in any way that you want to, why not be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be? I mean, that I, I can't imagine why anybody would not want that. And so we help you with that. And there are so many different ways to do that, but uh, I think we have a pretty good system built out, which is health-driven, health-driven success and performance and happiness. So check out our uh, website, And also check out our platform on Mighty Networks, which is a community platform where you can uh, engage with others, other women on a similar, similar type of mindset and journey. So check that out. That will all be in the show notes. Thanks for listening.